This is Chelsea Schaefer, and this is season four of The Score. You all have listened to this podcast three quarters of a million times, and we are here in season four to bring you even more of what you love. Today's episode is brought to you by Manapro. I'll tell you more about them at the episode break. Right now, with the rodeo season once again up in the air thanks to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, it feels like as good of a time as any to have a lighthearted episode about the good old days on the rodeo trail in what feels like a very different era. So to do that, I racked my brain for the best cowboy travel stories I've ever heard told, and I called up the guys who lived to tell the tales so we could all have a good laugh at their expense. I started with Travis Tryon because I vividly remember this photo finish story happening in real time. Hello? Hey, Travis. What are you doing? Oh, nothing. What are you up to? Just working. <laughs> just, nice. I'm just plugging away on all kinds of different projects at the moment. But um, one thing, so the other day, your cousin texted me, and he said that I should do a series for my podcast on craziest like rodeo road trips and like travel stories and I was like oh yeah like the Cheyenne story and he was like that wasn't me and I remembered it was you and Brady wasn't it with yeah (laughs) me Brady Michael Jones and Tommy Zuga will you tell me that story (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah uh, so we're in Salt Lake, or Ogden that morning, and we got to run, it was the only team running with Slack, and we got to run a boat, we're going to make it in time, and then, uh, we had a charter, and the pilot for the charter finds out, uh, we're supposed to leave, and we're leaving on time, well, they got an air show in Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. So he could land in Cheyenne, but he would have to wait two hours to leave. So the pilot, being a very nice individual, <laughs> he decided that he's going to land us in Laramie, Wyoming. <laughs> so without any of us, really, he just wouldn't do it. And then he's like, and then we're supposed to have a car waiting for us. When we get there, because we had someone that was going to come pick us up, and he's like, no, no, we'll have a car waiting right there, right at the airport. Well, when we get there, there's no car. We have to go into, we possibly are going to have to go into, uh, shoot, go rent it. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, not, I mean, Laramie Airport is not near, really near town. Uh, so we're like, I mean, I don't think, I don't know when we landed. I think we landed maybe, maybe a half an hour, no, maybe just a little bit before the rodeo even started Mm -hmm. in Laramie. So now we have no car, but then we walk in there and there's a courtesy car for the pilots there. Yeah. (laughs) The airport deal. Hopefully this doesn't get me in trouble, but... (laughs) another pilot sitting there and we're like man we're trying to figure out a car and we know that because we know they team rope about I think it's about maybe hour into it maybe yeah. like hour so hour and 15 into it yeah yeah it, it was pretty quick mm-hmm. quick so I want to say you know I want to say we landed right when the rodeo was starting like we landed and we got off the plane because it's 50 miles but we got no cars so I think we landed right when the rodeo started Mm-hmm. Well, so the guy just, he throws us this keys to this, uh, the pilot did, throw us this keys to this courtesy deal, at whatever the airport's name was, it's on the side of the van. <laughs> well, so me being the one with, with kids and everything, and I guess I got nominated, I said, well, I'll drive. So, so I drove, well, we're, you know, we're cruising along there pretty good, Stupid. I mean, going faster than we should have done, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, we keep getting updates. Well, we get behind traffic. Well, someone finds this yellow light that's in there, <laughs> you know, that goes on the top. That you, yep. you can put on the top, and it flashes around. 
So, <laughs> so we get in. So when we get in there, and there's two cars on the interstate. Of course, when you're in a hurry, no one's in one lane. There's just two cars kind of driving. So we just put the light on top of the deal, <laughs> and they started pulling over and stuff. And we, then we hit construction. So that really slowed us down. But it's a good thing that there was a couple cars in front of that because there was a cop sitting there riding construction. That was going to be going way too fast. And at this point, we really don't know. I don't really know if we're going to get called in for stealing this car or what. <laughs> because, I mean, they threw us the keys, so it wasn't stealing. But, I mean, we didn't really know who's – it was just the courtesy car. So we're headed, we're headed out. But anyway, so we made it through the construction. Um, like I said, drove faster than we should have. Had our light on the whole time just to make sure that we could no one got in our way anymore. Mm-hmm. And then, then we have to go in and check in at the office because we don't have our numbers yet because we're in the first. And they, no one can do that for you but yourselves. They had it already, had it signed. We run, we loped around the track. Our horses were saddled and we got there. I think there was like, they were about, they were loading team members, there's three bulldoggers left. Mm-hmm. So, thinking this is going to be a great story, I draw a steer, as soon as he hits the line, you're like, oh man, Cheyenne, it's going to be awesome, we're going to win the round, you know, we're going to do something, this is how stories go. <laughs> no, no they don't. They, uh, my steer come out, I drew the worst steer in there, he hits the line, runs right down the left fence. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, that could have went better. And I think Brady and Tommy, they did have a good one. Brady turned a good one. I think Tommy ended up roping a leg or something. And so none of us won anything. And then we had to figure out how we were going to get the car back. And they were a little pissed about it. <laughs> but we ended up paying them some money and they were good. So we did. <laughs> well, so that's kind of the, I don't know what we had to end up paying them. But I nominated Tommy to bring the car back because I said, man, I drove and I, you know, could have went to jail, so I didn't really want to do that. So, <laughs> so Tommy had to bring the car back. Uh, yeah, so that was yeah that was our that was our deal. But it seemed like it happened to us all year. We got stuck in construction, and we were showing up. Yeah, not even late. We were early. I mean, we were supposed to be way early, but then it just happened to us a lot. That was like the end of it. We're just like, my gosh, this has got to stop. <laughs> yeah, that was that the stupidest thing that happened though of of all the travel stories. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's the one right there where you planned it good, you got it, you spent the money, and sure enough, the guy, the pilot, just takes you. Mm-hmm. And then the pilot was kind of acting like he didn't really care when he landed it and we're like I don't think you really understand here sir (laughs) we're gonna not get to compete and that's how we make our living so yeah I don't yeah I don't know if I uh, I mean I had a couple close finishes but nothing like it was I don't know man I gotta get like Mike Jones in or something He, he might remember some of the stuff I don't know I didn't have, oh, other than the time when I'm going to Canada and we're thinking we're going to, me and Clay, we get, but one of us gets stopped at the border, not me or Clay, but one of our partners got stopped at the border and then we get up there and uh, we miss it. The team rope second at Ennisville and we drove all the way to Ennisville, Canada and they team rope second. We showed up third event. Because we got stopped at the border and interrogated at the border. Oh, that was no. awful. That was fun times. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's awful. <laughs> that's awful. But, I mean, that's not really exciting. It's just, it's yeah, just, I don't know. That would have been the one. The one, the Cheyenne one was probably the most, the longest that it took. Yeah. And kind of the, uh, all the, all the, and we made it. But, like I said, and we made it. And then you think, yeah, everything's going to go good. Nope. Nope not no. and you're like why did I do that I could have just eased on over not had to go through all that yeah but yeah I don't God, I'm trying to think of something else I don't really have no that that Cheyenne one's a winner I, I guess because I <laughs> I just remember like I was because I was standing by the head box taking pictures yeah. and I remember pinning pinning your back numbers on yeah. like as yeah. you were getting on your horses to ride into the box like it was, yeah, it when was we were, they were, 
there was three bulldog. I remember it because they were loading, they were loading our steers. They were already loaded, and they were the bulldog, and they probably loaded seven or eight in there at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was three bulldogging steers left, and they team rope next. And our warm up was I just lope around, cinched up, loped around the track. Mm-hmm. All up the track, and then you're warmed up. You're ready to go. Well, ways. But yeah, yep. I remember. But, but I do have some. Uh, we did some fun stuff with the light later on, but we probably don't want to do that because I don't. Know. <laughs> you know? So we did have some fun with the vehicle later on, just to, <laughs> for the for the rest of the day, but. <laughs> I moved to Trey Yates after Travis Tryon because I also remember a story or two of his. Now, he hasn't been rodeoing nearly as long as the rest of our guests, but he's fresh in the middle of some wild young times. This story's pretty short, but it was worth including. I got an idea for a podcast the other day. Somebody said I should do it on craziest, like, travel stories. And, like, I vaguely remember you being stuck on, like, a one-lane road outside of, like, Westcliff or something. Or Cripple Creek. Yes. What was that story? Tell me that story. Oh, it was, uh, uh, well, uh, me and um, Mark Morrison, when we were headed to Cripple Creek, and I took a detour, I took the wrong, I went the wrong way. And we ended up on a the scenic route, <laughs> barely big enough for a car, and we had a truck and trailer. Yeah, our our circuit can cause those problems sometimes. I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you had any other crazy travel experiences in your in your rodeo life? Your very short rodeo life now, Trey. Um, probably just at uh, when we were trying to make it from Burley to Payson, and I was driving. Junior D's semi and smoked the brakes out three times on it, and then he about ran over five cars and killed three people pulling into pace into the rodeo, and then we jumped out and hauled us to the arena, and the cops chased us all the way to the arena. Really? Yeah. Did they let you rope? Yeah, hell, we ended up being early because of the mutton busting. <laughs> we just jumped the fence and never looked back. Did you do any good? Was it worth it? Yeah, I got money. <laughs> Only time last summer, it feels like. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Trey. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And the horses were all no, and then, no and, horse? Uh, well, then we had time to saddle. And then that night, I was flying back to Denver to go to Gaiman the next day and fell asleep and missed my flight out of Phoenix to Denver. <laughs> So did and you have to turn out? Ended up getting on a getting on a later flight. Thank goodness, but yeah, it was a hell of a day, hell of a twenty some hours. Yeah, goodness gracious, <laughs> thirty some hours. I hope you get better at that this year. Like, don't do that. Uh, surely, yeah. I don't think me and Wade are going to put ourselves in those situations. No, no. I know Tyler well enough that, for the most part, he's very responsible with his rodeoing. Uh, now, now he's he's grown up. <laughs> All right. Thank you for telling me those stories, Trey. I'll talk to you soon. You bet, Chelsea. We'll see you. <laughs> All right. Bye. Today's episode is sponsored by Manapro. Champions, colleagues, roommates, and personal trainers. Whatever role they play, they're an important part of our lives. In their quiet way and their not-so-quiet way, they keep us young. On our feet, on the go, they pull us back to nature and push us toward the next adventure. And as much as we count on them, They count on us all the more to nurture their lives with the same commitment to protecting them, helping them grow and thrive and treating them as well as they treat us by giving them a little more of our lives because no matter what role they play, we're here to make their lives the best they can be. Manapro, nurturing life for generations. Check them out at manapro.com or on Facebook at Manapro Horse. Working three events, Trevor Brazil's $7 million rodeo career required more traveling than perhaps any other in the sport's history. That meant a whole lot of chartered flights, and as he'll tell us, a few less than comfortable moments in the air. What's happening? I'm doing a podcast on craziest travel stories, rodeo travel stories. Do you have any good rodeo travel stories? 
Or are you boring? You mean like the time when we were headed back to the short round of Billington? Yes. And we had to emergency land with fire trucks and police cars on the runway at Salt Lake International. And then we got off and ran to the gate because, well, as soon as we knew we weren't going to die, we had Sharon book us a commercial that got us there, a rodeo got there in Pasco just in time to haul us over there and make it for the short run. Yeah? What year was... Who were you with? Me and Patrick. I held his hand. He was okay. (laughs) What year was that? Was it the year you won it? You're going to have to be more specific, man. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) She goes, was it the year you won it? Was it the year you won it on the gray horse, on your tripping horse in the team roping? I really don't know. You wouldn't. Um, but Patrick probably would. Yeah, he would remember it more specially than you. Was It a? It pro- was actually the, the year that the film crew actually picked us up at Pasco. Oh. And drove us over there when I did that little reality show. Yeah. Yes, your television show. So whatever year that was, it's yeah. documented if they call bullshit on it. <laughs> was it a com- was it a private jet that you were on? A charter? That- it was a, uh, I want to say it was a King Air. Yeah, it was a charter. Uh-huh. And what was wrong with it? They said it was, we were losing the old pressure. Mm. And we started watching it. And it was just gradually losing the old pressure. And he's like, we've got, but you know how Patrick can tell a story. <laughs> yes. I'll just tell you the, the, the high spots and the truth and he, he does the rest of the stuff. <laughs> and uh, so he said, it's either we have a faulty gauge, which is no big deal, or we're really losing oil pressure and it's a real big deal. So he says, we can turn around and go back 80 miles or it's 200 miles ahead of us and we're like whatever's closest mm-hmm. so we turn around and go to salt lake and they opened us the runway for it and everything and but we knew we didn't know because i haven't worked on a lot of airplanes <laughs> but the the pressure gauge was going down just just slow you know, mm-hmm. in most gauges, they'll bounce around or something if they're not working correctly. Mm-hmm. And after we rope, we find out a day later that there was a crack in the oil pan and it was losing pressure. Um, it was a legit good decision to go back 70 miles instead of 200 ahead of us. <laughs> I'm so glad you lived. I'm yeah. so glad you lived through that. <laughs> It was, I joke about it now, it was, it was, stuff got real, real up there. Yeah, I bet it did. I bet it did. And you don't remember, were you just team roping? Or did you have to, like, do multiple events after almost dying? I'm sure multiple. I'm sure, too. I'm sure. Oh, man. Aren't you glad I lived to be obnoxious? I'm so glad you lived. I'm so grateful. (laughs) No, no, I mean, like, it was, it was, I called Shadow and said, pray. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, get get Patrick's side of it. I will. I'll call him. I'll call him. Because usually when we're in those, like, we've been in, really bad thunderstorms where they try to shoot the gap mm-hmm. and I don't know my uh, defense mechanism is go to sleep I think <laughs> and so he gets it gets so bad that he's back there by himself basically because I'm sleeping that he has to wake me up and says this is bad <laughs> I'm like well shut up and let me sleep then <laughs> I can't wait to call and ask him his side of it. <laughs> Tell him, write a note and say, to ask him about the shoot the gap. 
Okay. Plane, because that's what the pilot said. He thinks he can shoot the gap between these two big storms. <laughs> okay. You'll get a kick out of that one. Okay. Okay. I will. I'll call him. <laughs> but those are those are probably the two hairiest ones we were on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I definitely didn't sleep through the uh, Salt Lake one because it was midday. I just wasn't tired enough. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I'm I am so glad you lived to tell the tale. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then I've been in one with Fred, Cody, Roy. I don't even remember. Maybe Mike Smith. Uh we were going from Colorado Springs to Sykeston. Mm-hmm. And the pilot said this is bad. And about three minutes after that from the front of the fuselage to the back Mm -hmm. it was just a haze and we gradually started scooting down in our seats because the the smoke just kept going further and further down it was electrical fire Mm -hmm. and he had to shut off all his instruments over just nothing but trees for and we had to fly the another 45 minutes on as dark it was it wasn't a good one either who was the most scared fred cody roy you who was the manliest in that situation? I don't know. Um, I'm telling the story, so probably me. <laughs> no, I, I really don't know. There's no, everybody can bullshit you. There's no manly men up there at that point. Yeah. yeah. Everybody just kind of gets quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, jokes may start, but they've, they, Paid pretty fast when you start going that far. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, I will let you go back to ordering your Mexican food now. Well, I mean, you only order once. <laughs> we are in Wickerberry. We'll rope them in and then we'll come back and order some more. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right. Talk yeah. to you later. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he'll have a colorful. Uh, a little more fabricated version, but it'll make for good, good writing. Perfect. I'll, I'll tap All him right. for that. <laughs> okay. okay so, of course, at Trevor's suggestion, I got Patrick's side of the stories, too. Well, we were in, it was just Trevor and I and a, and a pilot that we had hired. And he was flying in the, it was a nice plane. It was a Pilatus. And if you don't know a lot about those, it's a single engine uh, prop plane, but it's a really nice, I mean, it, super cool plane. So we flew to, um, goodness, I'm trying to think. We were trying to go that week to Lawton, Lovington, and Sykeston. Mm-hmm. And we had left, um, I believe it was maybe Hermiston, Oregon, went to Lawton, and then we drove to Sykeston and we had to fly back to Lovington. And we rode to Lawton, I'm sorry, rode to Sykeston that night and the storm started rolling in and it was really, really bad. I mean, hot pink on the radar top bad. Mm-hmm. So we go to the airport and we're sitting there and at this time, <clears throat> neither one of us really, it's amazing how as you have children and you get older, you start questioning some of the things you do and the payoff that you get for it where Mm -hmm. when you're younger you just don't even think about things like that you just know you need to get on a plane because you're up at the next and uh so at this time we were still in that stage where it didn't really matter we just got on the plane and we go to the airport real small airport there pilot says well we can't leave the storms are too bad so we sit in the lobby there and it's just like i said it's just us three Mm-hmm. Well, he, he comes running in there he's in there watching tv he comes running in he goes hey let's go we're gonna shoot the gap there's a gap in the storm so we're like sweet let's go <laughs> so we get in we take off sit up front with the pilot because i've always enjoyed it i just love flying i love learning and trevor does what trevor does best gets in the back lays his seat back and goes to sleep mm-hmm. so um, we take off and we get to flying and I, there's a, for those of you that have ever been in the cockpit of a plane, there's a big screen up there that has the radar on it 
and we're between two red cells. Like there's a red cell storm on each side of us, mm-hmm. and we are shooting the gap, as he said. Uh, note to self, if you ever hear a pilot say, let's shoot the gap, just say, man, I'm going to turn this one out <laughs> and wait and look for another day. So we get to going, and I have a headset on, and this guy is like, yeah, we're good. This thing's 18 miles wide. And they're literally, the tower is arguing with him, saying, I don't know where you're seeing that. <laughs> it's it's two miles wide, and you're not going to make it through there. Well, it's clear. It's lightning all around us, but it's clear where we are. Um, and all of a sudden, it's not clear. Stars disappear. It starts raining really, really hard. Um, even on the radar, it's not quite caught up to with what the storm is exactly doing. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, it starts to get rough. It gets rough really, really quick. So we're bouncing around there for a minute, and then it goes from being fairly rough to extremely rough, like rough enough that Trevor woke up. <laughs> and that's pretty serious. So I jump in the back with him for a minute, and we literally pray. And then I get back up there with this guy like I can do anything. But this guy's an older guy. He's overweight. He's breathing really hard. He's sweating. And I'm thinking, well, at least if something does happen, he has a heart attack, whatever. We, I do feel like our best shot is me rather than Trevor, who <laughs> has slept through every flight of his life. So it starts getting so rough, and it bounces. And this guy had a like a Dr. Pepper over on the side, and it just hits the ceiling spews everywhere (laughs) we start bouncing around he said man we've got to climb we've got to get higher and i'm like we need to go down i I don't want to get higher i want to go down (laughs) he's like we can't we can't go down he said if we go down it'll just tear our plane to pieces oh my god and i said okay well let's go up so we start climbing and it's not getting any better it's getting worse and as a matter of fact at this time our windshield instantly ice is over turns to solid white ice and for those of you that don't know a lot about flying that is a really bad thing when you get ice bad things happen um so we keep climbing and then all these alarms start going off and it starts getting really hard to breathe because we're climb we're now climbing too high for this model of an airplane it can't keep the pressurization right Mm -hmm. so i've got an overweight sweating guy sitting next to me semi-panicked trevor's laying in the back with his covers over his head and i'm just doing everything i can do on the pilatus manual to figure out how i'm going to land this thing when this guy passes out oh my god if if i'm not passed out and uh it it got it got bad i mean the, the story doesn't do it justice but it was so extremely rough the pilot was scared to death the people on the t- in the tower were telling us, what are you doing? This is not, you do not do this. And then we fly through it for 40 minutes. And I don't know how this thing stayed together. I mean, it literally felt like it was turning flips at times, iced over. And I'll never forget when we cleared out of it. And you could see through, barely see through the windshield and could see stars again. And it was just like the most relief you could imagine you know yeah and that's where we started talking to this guy and we found out that he actually had been through a divorce um kids were grown up and gone and he lived in a in a camper behind the airport so Uh we're flying with a guy that lives in a van down by the river (laughs) and had nothing to live for and risked our lives this entire time so that was the shoot the gap story and i've talked to several other pilots since then and they're like man that guy they, I don't know what happened to him, but they said they guarantee he lost his license. He said, you do not. You just don't do that. You don't shoot. Yeah, that's why they do it. Were you guys so, winning at the time? Like, was it? were you on a roll, and or were you doing this for, like, in the middle of a slump? No, no, it was going good, actually. I think we did really good. It maybe even won the rodeo at Sykeston, and I, I think that's what adds fuel to the fire. You're like, hey, man, let's get to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it was... It was definitely one of the most nerve-wracking, fearful experiences of my life. I mean, I've been in some, you know, rough flights, bad flights. I mean, anybody that's rodeo very long say that this was a different level. It was something that I'd never experienced that 
that you read about on the news when people got in the weather yeah. that they shouldn't have bad things happen. So thank the Lord. Um, we made it through, learned a lesson. Both of us from that day forward started looking at weather <laughs> a little different, um, flights a little different, single engines versus twin engines. I mean, there's just times that you just want to make sure you're doing the right thing, making the right choices and not taking risks that you need to take because once we were in that position, they could have had all of them. We didn't care. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. you can have the rest of the steers. We'll stay home, retire, <laughs> whatever we need to do. Was that just get us on the ground? Was that scarier than the Salt Lake trip? The Salt, yes, it was scarier to me because the Salt Lake trip, um, we just had problems with the engines, and yes, we were over the Rocky Mountains. It was a terrible time. Mm -hmm. um, we were with a pilot that was twenty-one years old. Oh, and which. I'm fine. I mean, in the Air Force, you know, those mm -hmm. guys are young. They're the best pilots in the world. I, I get it. If you know your stuff, you, you know it. But he was extremely nervous. Mm -hmm. I was also up front with him. The oil pressure gauges dropped uh, into the red on both engines. And it just happened all of a sudden. And he said, man, I don't, I don't know what we need to do. We can keep, continue to go forward. And I don't remember what the closest airport was, but it was about 100 miles or 70 miles further or we can turn around and go back to Salt Lake. And I said, turn around. we got to get back to Salt Lake. Um, mm -hmm. Earlier on the ground, the better. And same thing. That was more of just the nerves. His hands were shaking, looking through the manual, trying to talk to him. Um, we actually, when we got to the Salt Lake City Airport, the major Salt Lake City Airport, they had a fire truck out there. They had all the um, planes from the, you know, commercial planes were held up to get us on the ground. So it was it was a serious situation, um, but being rodeo guys, once we started getting close and could see it, we were on the phone with Sharon and the travel agent that helps all the rodeo guys, and she <laughs> got us a flight out of Salt Lake, and we still made it to Pendleton to run the short route steer. So, well, see, but I had I asked your partner, your former partner, if he remembers was that the year you guys won Pendleton. And he said, you're going to have to be more specific than that. He was very proud we of did, himself. We didn't win it that year. We won the short round, and I think we won third or fourth in the average. So it was, we did do good, but we didn't win it that year, no. Gotcha. So it was, but didn't change. Again, the, the stories won't do it justice because until somebody experiences that for themselves and you really believe, this is what I've read about. This is what I've seen on the news. This is, we're mm -hmm. in this situation. There's nothing you can do. We're over the Rocky Mountains. We can't land. Um, oil pressure gauges are dropping. And your your face kicks in at that point as you yeah. you start praying and the same exact scenario. Um, I jumped out of there, went back there. Trevor and I both prayed, and it it wasn't as scary to me. It was obviously you're you're nervous, but the difference of that and the other one. The other one you're getting thrown all over the place. You can't see. You're in a bad storm. This one it was daylight. It was nice out. We just were having major engine problems. So. Mm -hmm. um, landed the plane and it did end up being you know he was saying let's hope it's uh you know it could just be the gauge something could be wrong with that um but it wasn't it, it was some engine problems and losing oil and oil pressure so <laughs> again thank the lord those aren't the kind of stories that are fun to, to live through to be able to tell but at least i'm here to tell them <laughs> well thank you for providing the the details to the story since uh yep since Trevor was busy ordering Mexican food when I called him and asked him about them, you can, when when people listen to this podcast, they'll hear, hear uh, what kind of tortillas he prefers, flour or corn, in the background. That sounds, that sounds about right. If you catch him at lunchtime between his naps, you can usually get at least what kind of food he's ordering. Yeah. He's yeah. about the same way as he was on the plane. Just uh -huh. pretty, pretty worthless. Just <laughs> pull the covers over my head and see when we get there, if we get there. Yep, yep. He was in Arizona living the good life before the horse sale, so he's yep. he's he told me he was unemployed, so that yeah. sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Perfect. Thanks, Patrick. Yep, so I appreciate it. Be safe. It. All see right. You. See you later. Bye. Bye. Last but certainly not least is Cesar de la Cruz's Malala, Oregon story that shows what cowboy camaraderie is really all about in a dangerous ill-advised way i'm uh working on a podcast right now on like rodeo photo finishes and crazy travel stories and i was on the phone with moats we were just kind of bsing and he was like caesar has the best photo finish story ever you've got to call caesar and talk to him about 
whatever it was that happened, maybe at like Malala with Cade swore yeah. sitting on your heel horse. Can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was that was a crazy deal. That was a crazy time. Okay, okay. The story was uh, I flew into Malala and I got a rental car and I. It was, it, this is such a crazy story. And so I, I had a hotel room. I'm ready to go. Like, uh, so, so my buddy Ty Murphy is there doing, um, was it, was it, was it Rodeo Girls? What Rodeo was that Girls. TV show? Yeah, I hear had? Mm-hmm. And so he was there doing, they were doing a filming or something. And, and, and it wasn't too far. Like we're in the same town. We were, <laughs> we we're in the same hotel. It was, it was awesome. And so went down to eat breakfast. Went to the rodeo, uh, rodeo grounds. Look at what when the slack time was. We knew the slack was at eight o'clock, but we didn't know the slack order. So I went over there, the fairgrounds at, from the hotel to the Malala the, uh, rodeo grounds was about thirty minutes, and so I drove over there with Ty. We checked it out. There was a ton of barrel racers, a ton of bulldoggers, a ton of, of calf ropers. So I thought, shoot. I'm just I'm gonna go back to the room and kind of hang out until they they kind of kick me out of the room and then I'll I'll go to the rodeo. And Begay had my horse. Begay drove over there. Uh, yeah, I believe Begay drove over there. He had he had a helper, and I don't know how I got out of it, but I, I ended up flying. So, so we I go back to the hotel room. Ty says, hey, can I borrow your car for just a little bit? I'm going to drive up the road. we got to do this thing. And, and um, if it, 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 that's all right, I'll, I'll be gone for like 20, 30 minutes. I said, okay, yeah, we got time. So I'm in my hotel room. They the, the they call me up at the front desk, say, uh, you need to get out of your room. So I was like, okay. And I figured the, the start time, we are going to start team roping about 12.30, 1 o'clock. And this was about this was about eleven o'clock, fixing to be about eleven thirty, when they were kicking me out of my room. And so I called Ty. I said, "Hey, buddy, we need. I'm going to head over there to the rodeo. The gay helper already got my my horse saddled up. You know, I, I had my ropes with me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he says, "Okay, I'm I'm headed your way." So on on the way over there, he gets pulled over by the. The, 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 he was going fast, you know, trying to get to, and he gets pulled over. And so the cop holds him there for a while, you know, like he, 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 the cop is confused. Like it's my rental car. Like mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's the process now. And so now I'm starting to get scared. Now I'm starting to freak out a little bit. <laughs> and so like I, the, the damnedest thing is I was there early. I was, I, I was there like before the, the slack was even going to start. Like I was, <laughs> I was, I just don't, I don't realize how I got there. Like it was so late. So, so Ty, he, he, he's kind of keeping me updated. The cop is keeping me here. I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm trying to get there. And so uh, no big deal. And so I'm thinking, he, he, he keeps telling me I'm fixing it. I'm fixing it. He's fixing to let me go. He's fixing to let me go. And so now, now we're getting toward about 12 o'clock. And he's still not there. I'm kind of freaking out. And then finally, he says that he the, the cop let him go. And and I'm not kidding. It's a, but they're going to start team up about one o'clock. I'm talking to Begay. I'm talking to Turtle. I'm back. We're fighting with Turtle Pal too. Mm-hmm. And and Turtle up earlier. Like like how how we got up at Malala, we traded into it. So like he was up earlier in the, in the black. Me and Begay are very last team out in the black in the team up. Mm-hmm. And so, like it, everybody kind of hears about this, so everybody's kind of taking their time mm-hmm. now, like because they they they, I, they know I'm going to be late. I'm gonna, not going to really like I'm, I'm going to be just barely pulling in if they're in the team roping. And so, it it's getting to be about twelve. It's after twelve thirty, a little after twelve thirty. Like I said, it's about thirty minutes from from the hotel to the to the burger. Mm-hmm. and. I'm not I actually. Yeah, it was about twelve forty-five. I finally, I, I take all my. I have a, a, a my rope bag. I have like a backpack full of clothes and stuff. And I meet Ty right, right as he pulls off the interstate because the hotel is right off of the interstate. Mm-hmm. I have Ty 
meet me right off the interstate, and I jump in the car as he gets to the, the stoplight, and we get back on the interstate and go. Like, I'm freaking out now. Like, it's just it's, it's to be like, and I'm telling Ty the whole time, you, you're such an idiot. I can't believe you, you turned out of the rodeo, and I was already early. And, like, like Ty's like, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. I was supposed to be there an hour ago. Be there an hour ago. I'm sorry. And so I said, whatever you do, get us to the rodeo. I don't care. Like, get me there in time. I don't care how fast you got to go. I know a back. I know a back route. I said, okay, whatever you got to do, just get us there. <laughs> this tie, this tie is zigzagging through these back roads, and I'll, like he's like, I believe Ty Murphy is one of the best. He could be have been a NASCAR driver. Like I ain't kidding. He's going fast. We're going through this, and then. We're getting into the town of Malala. Now it's one o'clock. Like I, I figured I was going to, the team rope was going to start about one o'clock. They've, they've already been starting team rope. They've already been team rope. But every team roper is taking their time. And, mm-hmm. and there's been really going on after the team rope was like, it's the last event. So these guys are like, just, the, the judge is like, come on guys. What do you, what do you guys, what do you, what do you, what do you got going on? Like, <laughs> and so, so Turtle, he rides his horse up like, Five or six times, the judge walked up to Turtle and says, "Hey, dude, you gotta nod your head. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You spent like five minutes in the box. What are you doing here?" Like, his horse standing still and everything. His horse hits the corner. Turtle tells me all about. It. He said that his horse hits the corner. He's standing square and he walks him all the way to the front of the line, swings his rope again, and like, like Turtle's helping out a lot. Every team rope's helping me out. And like I said, I is a NASCAR driver. Like, he, he could have been a NASCAR driver. So we get to the town. There's like 10 cars at this at this stop sign. Yeah, he was going to get to the turning lane, and then he uh, he shoots and shoots the gap and goes 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 straight through the, the, the stop stop sign right there. And people, he was kind of honking his horn, and people were kind of looking at us, you know, flipping us off, mad at us. And so we're getting to the stretch to where the fairgrounds are at, but Gay says, they're two teams away, and I'm still not there at the fairgrounds yet. So Ty is going so fast, and he he goes up over the hill. And, and if you've ever been to Malala, like it's at the bottom of a hill. Um, it's kind of it, to, to pull into the place. You kind of come up a little hill, and then you start going down all the way into the to the fairgrounds there. Mm-hmm. And so as we're coming up over the hill, we're kind of going pretty fast. Well, there's a rodeo security guard there. And, <laughs> of course. And, and and he's a gay guy, you know what I mean? Like So, so yeah. he's, he's kind of halfway, he's got the gay clothes, and they, I told Ty to get us there. And so he, he as as we're getting, like, he's not wanting, like, he's got the gay kind of halfway clothes, and he's waving at us, and Ty's honking his, his, the horn, and he's waving at him, too. And, like, I've got my arm out the window. I was like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. <laughs> and and he, he he swings the gate open last minute to get us into the fairgrounds. And as we're coming down off the hill, now we're getting to some dirt roads, okay? Mm-hmm. And as, as we're getting down to the bottom of the hill, Ty starts locking it up, trying to get the brakes, and, like, he's... Ha- like he, we're fist hailing and and going like going back and forth, and all of a sudden he 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 pulls the emergency brake and he slides right into the back end of the the, the arena. And, but Gay's in the box. Kate swore's on my horse. He has a rope. He has the Gay's head rope. Like he's not. He told the Gay, no, I don't want a rope. He told the Gay, like I, I don't know. I don't. I don't want a rope. And I, I don't want to know. I'm just doing this for you guys. Like, you guys don't make it on the course. Now I'm here. Now you got me in the box. He's like, I don't want to know. And so, so I pull in just in the nick of time. There's dust kind of flying right behind me. I, I got my rope in my hand. I got my glove on my hand. Like, I'm ready to go. Uh, as soon as he he, he uh, slides the car into the back end of the, the, the box there, kind of back into the, the arena where the, where the rope and shits are at. Mm-hmm. I jump out, so like all of a sudden, everybody's looking. They hear the the the, the car honking its horn, and and they see me slide in. And I got like, I wish you, yeah, I wish we had it on video. It'd have been really cool because like there was nothing but dust behind me, and I and I jump out as the car's still kind of sliding, and I I close the door, and I'm running, and and Kate uh, 
rides to the front of the box and, and he, he uh, gets off my horse. I get on the horse, swing my rope as we're going to the box. Everybody's kind of laughing. The judges are pissed by this time. <laughs> like they're, they're not happy with me at all. And, and Begay, I don't know what it is, Begay, all, he, he was laughing. And, and every time you can get Begay kind of like a happy go lucky mood, he, at the rodeos, he would rope really well. Yeah. And so like, he comes across the line, and the steer's pretty tricky off to the right, and he hangs it on the thing. I get around him. I heal him. We place it. Uh, I think we won second in the round over there at Malala. Like, it was it was, it was, was pretty awesome. But, like, <laughs> very, very, as, as close to a photo finish as you can get. And like I said, every team roper, there was, I believe we were 20th out. We're last team out of the slack. But every team roper was jacking around in the box or taking a long time. Moat said that he, uh, he 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 rode out of the box, and I think he was riding one of one of his. I think he was riding Starbucks as a heel horse of the year. Like there's nothing wrong with Starbucks, right? Like, <laughs> Most I think rode him into the box and then rode him out of the box and wrote, made like a big circle and like and then rode him back in the box again. Like turtle, like I said, he turtle would ride to the front of the line, back up to the front of the line. And then, like, his horse would be standing perfect. And then he'd swing his rope again and then ride to the front. Like, like everybody really helped me out, which I'm really thankful. I got good friends, rodeos, and it made for a really, really good story. Um, but but as, as close to a photo finish as you can get was, was me and Malala that year. And like I said, the, the funny thing is, I was there. Like, I, I, I was there early. I got up early. I was kind of, it, it, it was, uh, like, no big deal. And, and then so I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm gonna kind of go back to the room and kind of relax a little bit, and and uh, and next thing I know, I got a phone call from from the front office. Time to get, and I got looked at my okay, it's time to go to the rodeo. No big deal, and it, it just ended up being just a like like it was a real cluster. And, was that and, uh, was that one of the nail in the coffins in you and Derek's partnership? Was that like toward the end of your partnership, or was that smack in the middle? No, I believe that was when we went in leading the world that year. I believe ah. I think it was maybe. 2011 like there was like like I, we, we were we were doing really good like mm-hmm. I yeah it was it was it was uh <laughs> he kind of laughed he was a little bit mad but then at the end he kind of laughed but but yeah but gay he always roped really really good like um when he's in a happy-go-lucky type mood he's pretty happy about stuff and like he was he, he was like kind of laughing at me because like when I pulled in it was it was it was kind of a wreck and and so the security guy at the top of the uh at the top of the hill there he 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 met me down there at at the bottom of the at the three and after I got done roping so I was trying to after I got done roping I was trying to hide out a little bit I didn't want to make anybody too mad but them guys uh the, the security guy was looking for me, and he, it was said he, he. I had to have a talking to him. The judges told me that I had to have a talking to him, or else there was going to be some repercussions. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of chewed my butt, and he said I put his life in danger. <laughs> and I, I told him I'm really sorry about that. You know, like I, I apologized to him. I told him to just try to get to the rodeo, and I, 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 I told my buddy get me there no matter what. And, and, and so, uh, I was, I was to blame. So, but, uh, but everything was cool. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was about, about as close to a photo finish as you can get. Mm-hmm. At a, and, <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty wild time. It's funny you bring up that cause I was, uh, every now and again, I'll reminisce about old radio stories and start laughing and <laughs> get a kick out of stuff, you know? Yeah, that, that 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 one was was one of my like it's like geez I was I was there like I was I flew in the night before like I I was I was already there like <laughs> I just I just don't understand how I was there a day early and ended up being late that's just the, the weird thing about it yeah yeah and that's what they told me that was one of you had one of the best photo finishes for sure I've. Talked to quite a few guys with their funny stories, though. It's been a fun week recording these. <laughs> the, the coolest thing about it, like, I wish like, it, would, it was like it, it was in a movie. Um, kind of like it, it was almost because, like, when he pulled off the hill, like, we were just fishtailing. 
and we're honking the horn and everything, and, and, and we're trying to make kind of a scene, so people would kind of like we're trying to buy as much time as we could. And so, but but as Ty was going down the deal, he started fishtailing as he was hitting the brakes, and like he wasn't going, like he wasn't stopping because they like like I mentioned, like Malala's rodeo grounds at the bottom of a hill, mm-hmm. and so like. Like, he, we were coming in so fast, so hot, that when, when we got down to the bottom of the hill there, like, getting toward the bottom of the hill, we were going to he, he wasn't getting stopped, so we, he, 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 he pressed the emergency brake, and then that, that made us kind of start kind of going in sideways, but, like, we were starting to slow down enough, and we started to hit a little bit more, uh, uh, it was starting to get more traction down there at the bottom of the hill, where, where when I slid, where we slid in, and I was kind of had my door open. I just kind of stepped off like a cap roper, you know, <laughs> like, like the, the car kind of turned. I stepped off and I had my rope in my hand. I kind of was running. Like I, 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 I hit a run and Ty, Ty stayed in the car and kind of finished driving the car. But like, uh, uh, and there was a bunch of dust behind me and I was like running and I was staying ahead of the dust. And then like everybody's laughing at me. And like, it was kind of like, where the judges, where the hell were you? Like, what the hell's going on? Like, and <laughs> And so, like, I, I know more than, like, Kate was so happy. He's like, here, here's your horse. And, like, he's, so, he's like, you're such an idiot kind of a deal. And so I jumped on my horse and, and, and like, that the guy, he spun the, spun the wheels off the steer. <laughs> we went up places with day money. So it was kind of, kind of a, kind of a close call. That's for awesome. sure. <laughs> I love That's it, though. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I've had some close ones, you know, and I've actually, you know, got, been been so close where your steers running down the arena, mm-hmm. but that that one that one was about as close as you can get to the millisecond we showed up just in time, mm-hmm. just, just in time. Absolutely. So, <laughs> quite, quite story that, that kind of made me laugh. This morning. <laughs> Thank you so much for story time this morning, Caesar. <laughs> you bet. You bet. All right. Well, I'll call you later this week. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye. Thank you again for listening today. Our episode was brought to you by Manapro. Check them out at manapro.com or on Facebook at Manapro Horse.